Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, welcome back to Ausbiz Live from our Barangaroo Studios. This is The Call, 60 Minutes, where we analyse 10 stocks. I put it to our expert panel and we're all done in that one hour. It's fast and furious, a lot of fun, particularly when these two blokes are involved. Maitan Sobhasandaran from Deep Data Analytics and Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor. Morning, gents. Morning. How are you? No rest for the weekend, even though we've got a short week with Easter. There's still a lot happening, mate, but it's on there with the markets. It's all over the place. Follow him on Twitter. And uh, he's sort of, well, what's your tagline? It may be different this time. As he brings up all the data points. It's never different. (laughs) Uh, No. (laughs) So how are you looking at the market at the moment? Geez, I think the biggest thematic for me at the moment is what's happening in food. I think we are literally looking at real-time hunger games. Um, oh. There's numerous countries. You can pick the weakest links, like you can see in Asia, you've got Sri Lanka getting into trouble. In uh, Middle East, you can see Turkey getting into trouble. You can see in Africa, Egypt getting into trouble. South America, Peru is getting into trouble. The ones with the biggest debt are the yeah. first ones to fall. Yeah. And we are beginning to see that. Oh. And I think, um, I think this is gonna play out a fair bit throughout this year, because I don't think the macro environment is gonna change that right. much. Right. And inflation is just going to make it worse. And Fed is basically going after these indebted countries and putting yep. them under real pressure because their currency is falling yep. and debt repayment going up. And so food prices going up. It's going berserk. All right. Maitan's kicked off on a cheery note. Cheery note. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Gaurav, are you just as cheery as Maitan? <laughs> I, I think optimism is, should be the default position for, for investing. Yeah. If you know, it's, sometimes it's not easy to do. But if if you're determined to be pessimistic, I think you're going to be wrong most of the time, and right. it's just it just makes decision making very difficult. Um, I, I granted, I think this is this is a difficult moment for optimists um, because a lot of bad news is colliding all at once. I can't remember the last time there were so Some. many problems, just one after the other, cascading. Yeah. But I also think that um, the more worry and the more problems you have often the more opportunity you find. Um, I must say, so far that has not happened. <laughs> I, I'm really but, struggling for ideas at the but moment. But in, in reality, I think mm. it's a great opportunity in the context that food thematic has been undervalued for a long period of yeah. time. Perhaps, yeah. yeah. And yes, it has seasonal problems. Yes, it has, yeah. as with any um, sector, there are areas where you can look at it negatively. We've been positive on the food service players. They're going nuts. And, and the reality is, it's a bit like a commodity. It is a commodity cycle, but it's yep. a different commodity cycle. But the macro is so good mm. yeah. that I think this plays out for a lot longer than what people think. And they said this was peak two years ago and last year. And I said, they, it's you, gonna, you mean me? Yeah. I, I said it was <laughs> yeah, peak yeah. two years ago. <laughs> and I, I think this thing goes on. <laughs> right. And, and yeah. it could be another couple of years before the supply catches up. But the right. history of agricultural booms is not pretty and it's not as long winded as industrial or, or, or right. um, commodity yep. booms. The growing seasons are short. 
farmers can switch very quickly. Mm -hmm. You can bring, um, with, you can apply fertilizer and get agricultural land on ah. clean. But this time it's different because yes. the fertilizer really changes things. This time it's different. It is yeah. different. Yeah. There's a different. That's okay. probably the key difference. All right. Um, well, I'm sure we've got some uh, optimism in our first five stocks: uh, EtherStack, uh, West Farmers, SRG Global, Gorav's favourite child, New Hope Corporation, oh, yes. uh, and also <laughs> Cochlear. But uh, I always kick off with a stock of the day. Thought we'd take a look at Blue Scope Steel. It hasn't come up for a while. It's snapping up Cornerstone Building Brands Coil Coatings business for half a billion dollars as the company continues to expand its US footprint. The all-cash transaction will see Blue Scope and Cornerstone enter into a long-term supply agreement. Shares creeping into the green. Uh, this morning for Blue Scope. Um, Gaurab, good deal for Blue Scope. Before we begin, I have to lodge a complaint, I think. <laughs> Why are you David? lodging a yeah. complaint? <laughs> Every time we do Stock of the Day, and you pick Stock of the Day, we pick something where Nathan has got it over me. <laughs> where he's been right and I've been wrong. I didn't realise that. We've got a long history on Blue Scope, oh, okay. and not a pretty one from my point of view. <laughs> I, I would have been, the, our first stash uh, clash on, on Blue Scope would have been five or six years ago right. when this company has changed quite a bit. It's gone from being yep. a really mm. crappy business to actually reforming, adding on much better quality businesses. Management has been right on it, and I've been mm. really slow to recognize that change. Um, Nathan has been right on it, and he's been, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's going to remind me um, <laughs> of that shortly. But, but he actually called this very right. well, okay. very early. So this business has changed, and it's better. And, I, and I've, I've come around. I think that's right. There's this, this is not a cyclical pig the way it used to be. Steel manufacturing should be a crappy business. And most yeah. parts of the world, it is a lousy business because you have a commodity product and, and lots of competition and huge capital intensity. Yeah. It should be a recipe for low returns. There is something going on at Blue Scope. I have to have, I have, to have a good deep dive on this because right. there must be in some niche where they're, they're riding these cycles out better than they ought to. The returns on capital are consistently higher than they should be, and those margins are being sustained. I don't really yeah. have an answer for that, except to say that this business has changed, and um, I would like to get to the bottom of it. I just haven't had a chance to do that. But right. there is something going on here. This is not the crappy business it used to be. Yeah, steel yeah. prices would help. Uh, There's more I than just that. Well, in, the, in the down, steel prices went through a really long trough, yeah. Yeah. and um, and this company actually did okay during that yeah. period. So they're yeah. they're clearly in a niche. I don't understand this market very well, but they're, yeah. they're clearly in a niche where they have some sort of pricing power. All their management's very good at flexing um, what they produce. Yeah. See, um, Sanjeev Gupta is a big Port Adelaide supporter. Owns Wyala, right? And okay. of course, owns GFG. <laughs> Yeah. You know, globally had all their refinancing issues because mm. they were green sales. And thank God for the Australian operation with um, mm. um, uh, with Wyala pumping yeah. out sort of over capacity before we, in a great um, market at the moment. Before we get to Nathan, can I just defend myself a little bit before <laughs> he starts and and say um, a long experience in the market is often an advantage, but it can be a huge disadvantage. Yeah. And for all of us who remember yeah. years of poor returns and poor management, yeah. um, I, th I think that's really impacted the way we view this business. So if you're a, a, an investor who's looking for an idea, um, a long period of, of lousy performance and a set image of yeah. a business that suddenly changes, that's often a great starting point. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I fell for it this time. 
And they are more efficient these days. Go on, mate, yeah. have a gloat. No, no, you know you I'm not going to drag you through the mud. I mean, <laughs> you've already done it yourself. So, <laughs> so, I mean, geez. Top of bike you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, mm. uh, look, the argument is obviously the steer prices are doing well. Yeah. Um, and you know that because you look at the dog, which follows Blue, uh, Blue Scope, is Sims Metal. Yeah. And Sims Metal, I know this grub hates it. Sims Metal and QBE, you always buy it when it's single digit. Yeah because it's a matter of time, everyone hates it at that point, and then it runs. It's now doubled. Yeah. And that tells you the, how good the sector is running. But yeah. Blue Scorp, it reminded me back in the day when it turned, it's, it's very much like Elders. It was an ugly business. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were tripping over themselves. They were like Newcrest. You just knew there was something was gonna go wrong. And then turned it around, and the operations have been really good. Mm-hmm. And they have been a solid upgrade cycle. And, and they're a very good business. But if you look at the steel ETF, you'll see how Bluescope is trading. Mm. It pretty much follows it. They're really good operations. They're, the US expansion has really added to it. They're expanding more and more. And so mm. it's, it's done really well. Um, do I wanna chase it here? Mm. I think in the shorter term, I probably are a bit more worried about how the cycle plays out. There's too much construction commodities have done. Right. And you look at property prices and what's happening in the US, that'll slow down. I mean, look at James Hardy, it's the best of yep. the best. Yeah. And that's coming off. So yeah. you know there's going to be weakness coming through. And China is in, you know, 200 million people are in lockdown of some sort. Yeah. Um, so there will be slowdown in the short term. So, I'm so not if you've ridden it up, if you've followed your own advice, are you taking profits? We already did. Right. Uh, okay. So that's, we, we're not in it at the moment. Uh, but it's, it's a great business model. And right. the management has executed as well as I've seen them for a long time. And so if, when the cycle turns, this will be right on the shopping list. Right. But it's not right now. Um, and if you look at Sims Metal, you know, it's doubled, more yep. than doubled. You've done really well, and the whole, um, I suppose, recycling has played into it as well. Yep. Um, and so in <coughs> that context, yeah, you've done well. Okay. Um, you're happy to hold on. I just think where Blue Scope is right now, short term, the risk return doesn't stack okay. up. Okay, all right, take some profits. Uh, mate, then Phil wants a view on Etherstack. Uh, he says it's a growing multinational microcap that's already profitable, has no debt. Is there anything I need to worry about? It's a communications wireless technology company. Yeah, push to talk. Um, haven't now, heard those words for a while, have you? I know, yeah. that's, that's been a while. And you know, you always look for flags in these things, and this is a small cap, micro yep. cap. Yeah. So the flags are important. So a particular broker initiated uh, research um, October last year mm. uh, at about, I think over 70 cents. Um, this is after the float, it jammed, fell back and was sliding and they put it. They have not published a piece of research since then. Oh. <laughs> oh. Right. Since so, October. Yes. That was the first piece. Okay. Right. Nothing. And the fact that, uh, that the caller has mentioned the fact that they don't have any debt so forth. Yeah. You know, putting two and two together and I, my family forced me to watch Agatha Christie on the weekend. So I'm, I'm doing the logic here. They were pitching for an M&A trade to raise money. Ah. I'm just guessing here. Right. And it didn't pan out, and so that, because they don't have any debt, so why are they raising money? They don't need yeah. to. Brokers don't come in because they love a stock. They come in because there's a raising coming. Oh, and I know, I know. Cynical. Oh. 30 years, 30 yeah. years Cynical. of multiple organization <laughs> kind of does that, and working around the world kind of does that to you. Um, so my guess is there was a deal in play, and right. the market got excited where the upside was coming from, it didn't play out and it's been sliding since then. Now, this has been, what, now listed for a couple of years now? Yeah. Mm. And yeah, you know my story. 
when an IPO doesn't do well in the first six to 12 months, you just got to be careful how this plays out. So for me, it's a space where 5G is going to be a dominant player because of what all the technology that's going to wrap around it uh, with AI and so forth. Um, so in that context, all of these technologies will be challenged. Um, it's a micro cap trying to prove something. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just too hard at the moment. I need the story okay. to be proven. All I right. think it's too early. And the blue sky is not going to be in a, in a space like this unless you've got something unique that you can scale out dramatically. You don't have the blue sky. So in a micro cap, you want to take a risk. You want to take a risk yeah. with a big upside. And I right. don't see that here. And it's so liquid. All right. Yeah, I'd never heard of it either. Um, it's a little $50 million business. So we're talking really small, mm, proper yeah. microcap. Um, there seems to be two parts of the business. One is um, it has um, software to allow uh, receivers to talk to one another. And I would have thought that's quite a commoditized field. I don't think that's yeah. anything too clever. But then they're also talking about software that allows network deployments and it's being used in data centers. Now that sounds interesting, but there's very few details on that. Right. And they don't seem to be making a lot of revenue from that part of the business. It's where they're making the bulk of their revenue is um, they've got um, they operate these little uh, digital radio networks um, for for small camps. So um, you know, uh, police, law enforcement will um, will, yeah. will pay them and, and they'll run their digital network radio right. network for them. Uh, Rio Tinto is a customer, yeah. and out in WA they'll um, they'll handle the communications on the mine site. And I think that's a that's a good little business, but it's awfully competitive. And I don't think digital radio <laughs> networks have has a huge yeah. uh, market runway. Um, I'd like to know more about the software deployment business. The fact that they don't speak too much about, from what I can see, I might you know only taking a quick look at it, but um, that may say something about the likely okay. success. I'd also highlight there are governance issues in this business. I don't want to get sued, so that's all I'll say. Um, Ooh, and okay. when you see governance issues, you want to um, just really Trip back carefully. up. Yeah, okay. so I was avoid for me. All right. Um, Gaurav, Liz wants a view on Wes Farmers. Of course, the uh, I think you guys dubbed it like a listed private equity business. That's they right. own uh, uh, Bunnings, Officeworks, Kmart, Target, and just taken over API, the... Uh, the big pharmaceutical chain. Yeah, we, we had a we had a buy on API, so we thank West Farmers for the quick profit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I I'm a huge fan of West Farmers. We have been for a long, long time. Um, we've made good returns on it historically. We don't own it at the moment. It's not a buy at the moment. But I would say for a conservative investor who just wants to park their capital in a sensible spot and earn market or slightly above market returns, this is a perfectly adequate investment. Right. World-class management. Um, and um, the, the way the company looks today is unlikely to be what it looks like in five years' time. So right. just keep that in mind. You think you're buying mm. Bunnings, you might wake up in five years' time and you're owning a whole bunch of different assets. But what they own today, I think that, that lithium business is a sleeper. I'm really keen to see what they do with API. This was a well-thought-out strategic acquisition. They own multiple retail channels now, including Catch and a whole bunch of retailers. Yeah. Very interesting combination. Okay. So I think there's there's more to come here. The price is getting interesting. I personally, if it's a hold for me, hold for me. But yeah. for more conservative investors, I think you can potentially buy it here. Okay. Yeah. Look, it's it's look, it's a it's a great stock. Uh, there's no doubt. Management over the years, multiple managements have always stuck to the good track record. Yeah. Uh, they're listed private equity, basically. So when people, you know, when you when you ask a question, I want a stock that you want to hold for, you know, yeah. th 20, 30 years, yeah. 
you never buy a particular sector because you just don't know what the yeah. cycle is going to be for that. Yeah. You buy a listed private equity because it evolves with the sectors. Yeah. Now, these guys, you know, there's a handful of them around and West Farmers is one of them. They're very good at picking the right sectors, positioning themselves. API is a great bit and like Gaurav, mm. we were in it and it was great to get a pump yeah, I think we got it within a month. You had it as well, did you? Yeah. Did you get it from me? Yeah. No, we were on it because oh. of the oh. <laughs> How mean are you? I yeah, know. I know. Give me something. <laughs> no, he's, he's he still just. No, no, he's, he's told me a lot of it. No, I give him credit for a lot of stocks. <laughs> not this one. Not this one. <laughs> this one, the main yeah. reason I, I got onto it is mm. the whole thematic of the staples. Right. So we, on our numbers, staples were doing well. Now, it was a natural progression from the supermarkets to the pharmaceutical retailers. Um, Sigma has all the problems. You can't jump into EBOS because mm. EBOS is always expensive and it's illiquid. API was the interesting one. It was actually doing okay. It was doing well, it was really cheap and your risk return was very low. You were getting mm. a good yield mm. at, at the bottom and there wasn't much of a risk for you to get smashed because mm. the market was already pricing in retail yeah, downside. Yeah, yeah. So it was, wasn't because there was an M&A play, we just thought it was cheap and it was the right stock to be for that thematic. Right. And that worked out for us. So I think there was an interesting play there. They've got a list of assets that I think are really good, but you know we've actually got out of, of all the list of private equities because of where the multiples are. Right. I think the multiples will be lower in the future than what they have experienced. They've come back a bit. They right. have. It, West Farmers has actually pulled back more than the rest of it. Yeah. yeah. So that's what makes it interesting. Um, look, it's a hold for me. Right. Um, I think there's more downside risk as yields go higher. Mm. And I think the yields won't, you know, in the short term, there'll mm. probably be a pullback in yields, but longer term, I think it goes even higher. Okay. So you've got to be careful. So it's a great stock. It's one of the stocks that you buy to hold 10 to 20 years. All right, one of those foundation stocks. Um, Nathan, Ollie wants a view on SRG Global, uh, the mining services group. Yeah, look, I, I followed this for a while. Um, and I think we've had chats about this one because they bought Global Construction Services. That's the one I know really well. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that well, but the interesting part about it is, you know, I come from a completely different signal. What, the reason I looked at it is the, the flats catching fire in the UK. That's right. Now, yeah. the, the global construction services was the only business in Australia had non-flammable facades, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, I come from a completely whacked yeah. out side and then I run down into the stocks. <laughs> and then so I found the only exposure in Australia was the GCS. Uh. Now, then when I did the bit of a reading into it, the market didn't, didn't really like the global construction services management, but they like their business. Right. They really like the SRG management but they weren't so sure about the SRG business. So when they merged, it actually made a decent size market cap mm. and the SRG management came on top. So that's actually made them a lot better. And you know, this is one I thought, yeah, it's a sleeper. And you know, it's gotta move, it's gotta move. And then bang, oh, it started yeah. to move. It's woken up. Exactly. Um, look, it's, it's hard to say after this kind of run that you wanna go and buy. But uh, look, I think it's an interesting stock. It's doing the right things. It's got an upgrade uh, cycle. Management was well regarded even before the merger. So, uh, you know, what they've done after that, just proven what, what mm. the market liked yeah. about them. So, uh, look, if you're there, I'm not selling out. Right. Uh, so but, you know, it's a hold. But look, it's, it's done. It's done as well <coughs> as I thought it would. Mm. But for a small cap to do that well in this kind of market, mm. kudos to management. Go ahead. I've got a bit of a history with this stock. So, I used to own Global mm. Construction Services, which was a the, the business that SRG stole from me. 
Well, that's that's to do with management. Yeah, they're they're smart. SRG and I I agree. I agree. SRG is way better managed than GCS was a look. um, I'm going to say a poorly managed business. Right. But what it was, it was a scaffolding business, and around the office we had this view. We looked at a couple of scaffolding businesses worldwide, and what we discovered that these can actually make very good returns. Um, Scaffolding companies have a set fix of uh, a set. Uh, asset base, so they have all these um, aluminium pipes and steel pipes, yep. and once they're purchased, um, they they can construct um, scaffolding at almost zero cost. All they have to do is add the labour on top, yep. and um, they're competing <coughs> with other businesses who may not have um, all those p- bits and parts that you need. And they had a good relationship with Multiplex, so they would actually take care of a lot of the scaffolding for Multiplex projects, um, and they were earning wonderful return on assets even though uh, management was hopeless and, and pissed it all away. But, um, but this was a, a turnaround business and um, a couple of big shareholders jumped on board and helped turn this thing around. Before the turnaround was complete, SRG, I think, very, very smartly bought this. This thing was gushing cash, but was badly managed. SRG is a well-managed business, but a bad quality business yeah, because right. it's very capital intensive. It doesn't produce much cash and they have long dated projects where the big customers pay very late. So they needed cash um, uh, to, to fund all their, their work, so they bought that. Um, I tried to organize the big shareholders together to try and block that deal, and um, really smart funds on board. Um, and when I spoke to them, they said, you're absolutely correct, they were, they were being, it's being stolen from us, but we don't want to cause a, a, a fuss. Right. Uh, we okay. don't want to, and you know, I like causing a fuss. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think but that didn't, a lot work. of those, yeah. from memory, uh, this is going back a while and I'm getting too old. Yeah. From memory, major shareholders did not like the GCS management. No, no one liked the yeah. GCS management. So the thing was, <laughs> yeah. they went, okay, we're getting gypped, but staying still and not getting much out of it is worse. So I'd rather back these guys to actually execute and jump ship. And because I remember there was a lot of push, including our man here, to try and block that because it was, it was a steal. At the, I mean, it was a merger, but it was a steal merger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in that context, they wanted action, but the shareholders, self-interest is a beautiful thing. Right. I'm not Did you stay in? No, I sold out. Right. And um, the stock has gone down um, a long way. I, I think yeah. from memory, it's it's way below what it was um, with the, when the businesses merged. Yeah. Way below. Libby, can we bring um, up the five-year chart? Uh, and um, and the quality of the business has remained poor. All these synergies, all these benefits um, oh, yeah. that were supposed to happen, yeah. they never really happened. They bought that business for its cash flow. Um, and there, look, I think the current management is actually quite good, but this is a poor quality business at the moment. I would argue they're probably trading on cyclically high margins. So five percent margins is about the best that mm. these guys have done historically. Okay. I would say one to two percent is more typical. I would sell up here. Um, they may have a bit more to run because they're riding the cycle, but this is not the kind of business you want to buy yeah. um, and hold yep. for a long time. Uh, okay. So sell. You've me. had your run. Yeah. yeah. You've right. had your run. Yeah. Okay. Matt wants a view, Gorov on uh, on New Hope. Uh, cold price. Mm. Matt says cold price at <laughs> around the two eighty dollars a ton with the sanctions against Russia. Do you think companies like New Hope? Will benefit for the uh, for the mid to long term. Koshi, we have to put a time limit. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. This could be a I PhD. Know. Yeah, yeah. Most of it's going to be gloating, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. But when it comes to coal companies, you almost have to have to whisper yeah. about them too, because of the, I keep uh, saying it to upset the ESG Look, people. 
this may be an unpopular opinion. I don't think we need to apologize for owning right. um, high quality coal companies. What is the alternative? You can sit there and say, yeah, ban coal, let's get, let's get it out there. And what happens? You know, people go without power or end up paying through the yep. nose for it. Yep. You know, Nathan and I are from countries where, well, I don't know what you've yeah. seen, Nathan. I've lived with no electricity yeah. um, and well, it's not fun. The country <laughs> I'm from has yeah. just returned to power shut down yeah. 13, 14 right. hours a day. Right. Oh, wow. And they're rationing fuel. In Sri Lanka? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, so I, I find it very amusing that wealthy people in wealthy countries sit here yeah, and yeah, say, right. yeah, let's, let's, let's get uh, wind power happening. Yeah. You know, everyone wants um, sustainable green power. Everyone, myself yeah. included. I want a carbon tax. I think it's crazy that businesses <coughs> pollute for free, like pay for the pollution that you put into the air. But why is that a justification for not buying super cheap stocks? Yep. Um, and if they don't, if customers do not buy coal from Bengala or from um, Whitehaven, super high quality, high, high um, power th um, thermal coal, they will go to Indonesia and buy coal that is so much worse and yep. the net impact will be so much worse. Yep. So I'm not going to apologize for buying coal stocks. I'm not going to whisper about it. I'm going to sit there and collect my 30% dividend yield. Thank you very yeah. much. And if you're running a portfolio today and you don't own coal stocks, have a good hard think about why that is because these things are still, Have we missed still very cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you have. See yeah. that $1.15? We've yeah, been yeah. buying well before them. Um, yeah. And same with Whitehaven. Look, I, I think you can still buy this today, but is a, it is, you are relying on the sustaining higher coal price to, to make your money. Coal, the, the equity has not followed the coal price, but I'm not really in the business of predicting coal prices. I just like buying mispriced assets. And I would say this is probably still a little mispriced, but only if coal prices stay where they are. Um, we own a big chunk of coal in the portfolio. So I own a big chunk personally. For me personally, it's about a third of my portfolio. In our funds, they're over 10% of the portfolio. Right. So um, we haven't sold a single share. I haven't sold anything. Um, I don't intend to. But you wouldn't I would, be buying at these. Look, things. I still think it's okay to buy at, at these, but you just want to be a, buying it in smaller quantities and right. your returns are going to come from dividends here. Um, yeah. I, I think New, New Hope is going to pay a 30% yield this year. They paid 12% in, in the half year and I think there's probably a 15%. And Whitehaven will be the same too. Whitehaven doesn't have franking credit, so they'll be buying back stock, but they'll be yeah. buying as much as they can. Uh, these are well-managed companies as well. Look, yeah. Whitehaven, I probably use that bit. <laughs> it's not their fault. They just run complex mines. Uh, New Hope is about as simple as coal mining gets yeah. with the best management in the industry, with the best um, of, 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 uh, of cash flow and the best... Um, um, sorry, what am, I, what am I trying to say? The, the best um, geology you'll find. Right. It's just simple stuff. Okay. Uh, that's the one I would actually go to from these levels because I think it's less risky. You hope. Yeah. But, um, you know, when, when, the op when these great opportunities come around, I don't know why we need to make investing I, so hard. This I is the easiest. I said this before. This was the most obvious um, buying opportunity I've seen in my career. Um, you know, I've, I'm on record a year ago as saying that it's probably yep. the best opportunity I've seen in my career, yep. and no, no. I don't understand why more people. I bought didn't some take from it. a little super pun, so I'm there. You go. Happy. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a, yeah. in the part, but I ended up getting into Whitehaven, but mm -hmm. I think they paid off their debt in a year. Yeah, yeah I thought they're going to have to like have to raise that? capital when yeah. I bought it, but yeah, uh, that's no, right. Yeah. But that's the beauty of that. I give him credit on that. He yeah. mm -hmm. grabbed picked this early, um, and you know, I learned from FMG that when these things, the ugly dogs yep. Yep. with leveraged up 
in a, it just yeah. looks like a disaster site. That's the time that's to the buy time it. That's the time to look at it, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. And yeah. so uh, we didn't jump in straight away, but it's one where we had a pretty decent run. Uh, but would I be buying it right now? I think you're all said and done. The market is not completely rational all the time. Mm. It can be irrational, and those are gives you opportunities. But you take advantage of that as well. Now, you know, everyone is worried about energy. We are in, as we were talking at the start, we're in a hunger game for food and energy mm. globally. Mm. The weakest ones, countries are falling over as we speak. The others will follow. It's going to play out through this year. Fed is going to keep putting up rates because they have to keep up the US dollar. If they yeah. don't, they see inflation. So in that context, I think energy in the shorter term probably will get weaker because I think countries will basically downgrade their growth outlook and mm. that will probably pull down energy short term. But I am actually seriously worried about the energy safety going forward over the next couple of years. I think, you know, US is running down their reserves. I think mm. all over mm. the energy space is a real risk. You put that to that, what is the market looking? It is looking at the base load power. What yep. can provide that? Coal, LNG and uranium are getting interest. Market is looking through the short term and seeing longer term that might come into play. So all of those sectors are in play. I think coal it still has that risk of what's happening in the longer term picture. Yes. So I think the capital yep. appreciation probably is capped, but the dividend buyback side of it will still play out yep. because of how the balance sheet has improved. So if you are holding, I think you hold it um, till things break down. Um, if you okay. are a new investor, I think it's a bit tough. One okay. of the important parts here is of the investment case is just looking at the supply side response. Yeah. So LNG, there are projects coming. Um, yes. Uranium, everyone's looking for it. Yeah. You know, we know what's happening with lithium um, and, and other commodities when the prices yeah. rise. No one has made a move on uh, coal, even they're though- They're shutting down. Actually shutting down. Yeah, supply is probably down. decreasing well, despite yeah. the higher prices. So well, you can't get financing for coal mines. Exactly. Yeah, we spoke to people in <laughs> Well, it's, a, it's, right. a, it's, yeah. the same it's the same problem that you're finding in shale. Everyone thinks shale will run up because yeah. oil prices are Yeah, you're quite right. Yeah. Because they can't get the funding. Mm. Yeah. So if you look at the rig count, pre-pandemic yeah. was yeah. about 800. That's right. We're still only five, 600. Yeah. And it was 2,000 at the peak. So yeah. it's not coming back because there's no funding for it. Yeah, it's all about balance. Financial Times had a great chart last week, week before. 2021 was the first year ever more electricity globally was produced from renewables yeah. than coal. Yeah. Uh, 38% from renewables, 36% from coal. And we should time. all be happy about that. Yeah, but it's yeah. going to take a while it's for it to change dramatically. <laughs> so you need your coal stocks. Mm. Otherwise, uh, countries won't have electricity. Um, all right, Rainer wants a view, mate, on cochlea, the uh, bionic ear. Um, implant uh, business, great Australian success story. Um, technology was developed here, gone around the world. Um, Rainer wants to know, is it a buy at the moment? Oh, oh look, it's, it's a great business model. Yep. There was, there's always the question of how you find the growth rate because it's not cheap. Uh, you want to get a cochlear implant, it's not for everyone. Um, so that kind of limits the amount of uh, people that can take their services. But I remember when they had a problem with one of their products and they had a massive recall and it got smacked down hard. I think it was got down to 50 or 50 something. Bucks, yeah. that's right. A yeah. friend of mine actually works at Cochlear. Uh, so I was talking to him and he's just like, oh, is there a problem? He didn't even know about it. They don't <laughs> care because they just go about their business and mm. the product comes through and it recovered everything. So look, it is one you buy when it's beaten up. It's kind of where it is. Mm. It's not expensive, but it's not cheap. Yeah. And it's a growth stock, mm. and it's a healthcare growth stock. I think it's 
because of the high price range, it does have a certain feature of discretionary spending rather than stable. Mm -hmm. So it's not your standard play. So I, I'm, I always look at Cochlear when it's cheap and gives you that upside. Right. I don't think it's cheap right now. It's a hold. Okay. Um, I'm not buying right now. I, I think with where the bond yields are going, you'll get it cheaper. So we've, right. had, we've had a good look at this, and I, I should say up front that um, we've sold this badly over the years, um, always probably too early. Um, and the reason for that is I, I think we've just been a bit more skeptical about the growth um, that the market imputes on Cochlear. It trades on big multiples, so 50 mm, times, yeah. and it deserves big multiples because it's a genuinely high-quality business with proven innovation um, and an R&D budget that's massive. They're way ahead of the yeah. competition. But it's not actually growing. Look at the revenue growth. It's not actually growing that fast. And Nathan's touched on one of the key reasons for that. I think the market is a lot smaller than what most people think it is for a, a device that costs tens of thousands of dollars and doesn't have insurance or government support in most countries. Um, so it's, I would say that this is probably a hold from here. I'm probably closer to selling it again, but keep in mind that we've sold badly over the years. <laughs> so it's probably, it's probably a hold for hold. now. It's a okay. long way for a, from a buyer for me, a long way. Okay. Mm. All right, let's recap the, uh, the first five stocks. Uh, Blue Scope still. Nathan's saying uh, take some profits on it. You've had a really good run. Um, Grab, I'll put you down as just following uh, yeah, whatever he does, whatever I'm doing. He says, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> uh, he's the baby expert on it. Yeah. Etherstack to know from both. Wes Farmers a hold from both. SRG uh, Global uh, a hold from Nathan. Um, I think Gaurav's psychologically scarred on it, so <laughs> yes. he's got it as a sell. Um, <laughs> um, with his track record at New Hope a hold and mm. Cochlear a hold. Um, here on the call, we have uh, our own fantasy high conviction fund that's picked by our investment committee, which includes Nathan. Uh, the latest episode of the committee meeting is live for you to watch at ausbiz.com. Uh, so let's check how the portfolio is uh, in the portfolio. JB Hi-Fi, ProMedicus, Linus and Insatec Pivot uh, were added to the fund this month, uh, joining the original 20 stocks or the original stocks with 20% in cash. Uh, so far, our fund is up a cumulative three quarters of a percent uh, since the 1st of March. So keep sending in your requests. Uh, keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. And uh, one of the stocks that's keeping that performance down at the moment mm. is Ordinate, which we'll be chatting about very shortly. Um, Winsome Resources, Paragon Care, Air New Zealand, and also Zip in this half hour. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while, and although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools, plus our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. All right, Ordnate, and uh, uh, Raymond wants a view on Ordnate. Um, he's saying, Gagorab and Mathan, please take a look. Uh, last time they looked at this, Mathan said there was more to fall, and it has since. I bought this on the way down from 10 bucks, but I love the business and its prospects. Is it time to buy more? 
Um, we'll have to put a time limit on Goro. <laughs> Sorry. So let's start with Nathan yeah. and get his view out of the way. Uh, it's, it must be tough yeah. with two wafflers. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, look, I think Ordinate for me um, in the tech space, you know, you look for platform techs. Mm. Yeah. And Altium and Ordinate for me are the top two um, at the moment, and things may change. But look, I think it's, it is one of those ones where it's a growth stock um, and pandemic has affected it. Um, they've changed their model gradually. Um, that's going to play out. It'll take time. Um, but I, I do like the model. I, I still think what it does is got a lot of growth options. And I think that optionality is what, I mean, if you think about, you know, the, the best growth stock in our market, CSL, why do you buy it? You buy it because of their track mm. record of, you know, bringing growth stories in their back their pipeline. Yep. And that's what Ordinate potentially has with the uh, platform tech. Same thing with Altium. I think both of them are great stocks. Both of them I wouldn't have bought over the last year. It's simply because it's a tech stocks, multiples, yep. it's all yeah, coming yeah. back. And so, yeah, but it's, this has come back hard. It's come back hard, yeah. It's, you know, a, it's yeah. just hit six bucks today. Uh, I yeah. mean, we, sh we should yeah. get that t-shirt done. This is a nibble uh, regulation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is the time where yeah. you have to look at it and say, look, it's a high quality business. And uh, look, frankly, I have no idea where the bottom is, right? And at the moment, and there's another stock coming where I got hit even more. Mm. Yeah. I don't know where the bottom is, but the valuation supports it. I think the fundamentals are still solid. Um, and I think this is a good quality stock, but it could go lower. I'm not uh, arguing against that, but I think in 12 months, 18 months, this will probably be a lot higher. And so in that context, you just want to average over a period of time. So I would look at it and say, look, the next couple of months are going to be tough for the market. Uh, we had a you know, negative January, February for growth stocks. March was a, because of the passive money moving yeah. out of bonds, it boosted uh, growth stocks. And then in April, I think we're going to slide back. So growth stocks will potentially struggle over the next couple of months. So you've got to be careful. You've got to know that macro in the back of your head. Yeah. So if you buy it over the next couple of months, I think you'll average into a good price. Right. And you know, if you look at it over the next 12 to 18 months, I think you do well. Yeah, the, the holy grail of investing, it doesn't matter what kind of investor you are, if you're given a choice, what you want to buy is an unregulated monopoly. Okay. Um, something with um, a lock on its customers and the ability to raise prices um, where you can't really be impacted from, um, from new entrants. And this is exactly what Ordinate is building. Um, now, they're not finished yet. This is a still a business in progress. Yep. But what they are building, I, I think, is a wonderful business, um, a great model, and it's, it's working. They are so far ahead of the competition. I say this all the time. The competition is irrelevant. We are now waiting for monetization at this point. And that yep. is a slow process because it relies on microchips getting into AV products and people buying AV products, which has been slowed massively by the pandemic and now has been slowed again by this infernal uh, shortage, which is just, if you tried buying a car or anything, like yeah, there, there yeah. was a 15 yeah. month wait on, on yeah. any kind of- um, I had to wait for a fridge. <laughs> yeah, wait for a, a fridge. Because yeah. of the chip shortage. Yeah. The damn fridges have yeah. so many chips. Who needs it? That's Who it, needs a it? damn iPad yeah. on the fridge? Yeah. But go figure. Yeah. Just put some mice in a box, mate. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So look, there are, there are good reasons why the, the stock has fallen. It's because it's going through a bit of a patch. and. None of that is because its competitive position has deteriorated. It's not doing anything wrong internally, but the chip shortage and the, the slow recovery from the pandemic is, is having an impact. So look, I don't think the fall is irrational, but I do think it's an opportunity. We recently upgraded this to a buy again, 
we own a chunky position in the portfolio. For me, it's a, it's a, now it's a top six position. It used to be a top five position, but it's a, it's a chunky port position right. for me personally. And, and I would say now is a good time to start okay. buying as well. I wouldn't say nibble, I would say buy. You need to buy these things, not with the expectation that the price goes up in the next year. What you're buying is a un, is unregulated monopoly in the making. Yeah, Just no, be patient and wait for that to happen. You'll make yep. good money out of it. So the problem is, you, we are in a show where there's a lot of retail investors. Yeah. We have to be realistic. Most people are patient when it's going up. That's right. They're impatient <laughs> when it right. goes down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. It's, yeah. it's a natural psychological yeah. thing. You remember what happened in the last three months much more mm. than what happened in the last five years. Yeah. So you have to remember that people will panic. So if you go in hard, you have this, you know, yeah. you got this the thing at the back of the throat. All right, so but let's go back to you. The two best platform stocks, Altium and Ordinate. I would add um, zero onto that. I reckon zero is now a platform as well. I would, Look, I, would I, I yeah. don't disagree, mm. but I think for the zero, it's the markets are quite different how you approach it. Mm. They have outperformed my expectations of what they do in the US. I don't know if they can keep that up. Where with Altium and Ordinate, they have control over how they play the market. Right. I don't think zero so has So is Altium a, a nibble as well? Because <clears throat> they, they've been hit not as hard as... Ordinate. No, that's why I don't think it's a nibble yeah. yet. I think there's more right. downside. But it's, I think it's, it's a proven model. Sure. So it's a no-brainer when it turns. So, okay. Yeah, that's the All right. Um, we've got Pokey wants a view on Winsome Resources. Uh, Gaurav, lithium-focused exploration development company, mainly in the Canada region in Quebec. Another it, lithium. Look, it, you have to invest with um, in a way that is consistent with the kind of person you are. I am just not the kind of person that's going to join in on a crazy mad lithium party. Yeah. There is some real bonkers stuff going on now. Um, no one denies that lithium is going to be an important um, material in the future, but um, it is not rare. And if all you're doing is mining spodumene, which is the hard rock, there's plenty of spodumene going around. I do think it's worthwhile holding lithium businesses, but what you want is a, is a lithium miner that has access to refining yeah. because the real um, the chunk of the money in this business is not made by digging up rocks. It's made by selling lithium hydroxide or lithium carbonate if you have a brine. So whether you have a brine or a hard rock mine, you want to have access to a refinery. There are only a handful of businesses that do that. You know what my favorite one is, Minres. Yep. I think these yep. guys are, that, that lithium business, yep. I, mean, I must admit, look, I, I don't own Minres because of that lithium business, but it's becoming a bigger and bigger chunk of, that, of my valuation. At one point, I valued that thing at zero and I still thought Minres was a buy. You can now increase that valuation a long way and I still think it's quite interesting. I don't know why you'd buy this. Like, yep. it, it, they're so early stage. The only thing they've got going for them, I reckon, I mean, we're still talking about rock chip samples here. This is, yeah. this is a decade from production. But they, they are in Quebec where they have good um, access to power. Cheap power is, is something you want, uh, you want to look at. But this is an avoid for me. I, I don't know why yeah. you'd, you'd buy this. Yeah. yeah, I had a coffee with a friend of mine and he was explaining to me his business model. And it basically, they chase all the battery tech commodities. Yeah. Any project they can buy globally, yeah. and they flood it. Right. <laughs> and it was telling me the numbers. I hope he paid for lunch. <laughs> and it was telling me how much it costs to list mm. uh, business and how they package it. And they just go, you know, go on the board. They get X amount of shares, and they yeah. just, you yeah. know, this. And I went, oh. And then I looked at this and went, oh. That's one. <laughs> yeah. It's it's <laughs> like that's. He did this one. Yeah. Well, he, no, he didn't do oh, this right. one. But it's the way he explained to me. And I was, and then I looked at this one. And I went, yeah. 
and, and, and the problem is we've all been through it. I, I think you have to remember the key thing for me is um, in, in a commodity where we don't necessarily know the, the final demand mm. and we don't know the final product, uh, battery technology will be important, right? What that will be is a basket of solutions. How much of that, I don't know. Now the trick is for us to sit there and say, um, someone who's going to come into production years away will be in the same boat is a tough play. Uh, I prefer the guys who are producing and, and the guys with massive track record. This is a new IPO, too hard. Um, yep. It's in a bubble commodity. Um, so it's just 70 mil, it's just too hard. Okay. Uh, Wayne wants a view, made it on Paragon Care. He says they should benefit from the removal of COVID restrictions and increase in elective, elective surgeries. Um, they provide uh, medical devices to uh, healthcare industry, particularly aged care. They recently merged with Quantum Health mm. um, and will help them develop into Asia. Do you think it will ever return to its dizzy heights of 80 cents in 2018? This is 39 at the moment. Yeah, I've actually followed this because uh, a particular broker, a uh, mate of mine was working there, he had a big chart. So he was reverse broking to me. I love reverse broking because yeah. uh, I can <laughs> smell it a mile away. And and the thing was, everyone in that broking house, the, I think they raised money for them years ago. Right. They all took position. Right. They loved it, right. and they were all reverse broking to everyone. It just didn't do anything, right? It's it's but it's it's it is one way if you look through and go, this should do better, and it hasn't, mm. and and. The, but again, the, the, the merger actually is interesting because now the market cap is about uh, over 200 mil. That's always a good size yep. for index inclusions and going up. So if you can get it right, it can go up. But it's, it's been one that I've looked at for a long time, hasn't done that well. Um, it's one thematic that you look at and go, that should do better. Mm. But it isn't. So I don't mm. think the business model is as great as what people think. Yeah. And that's the problem, right? Because you, you, you know, this is one thing about being in the market for so long. Apart from being cynical, um, you end up seeing some of these things. Go, if it hasn't done for a long period of time what it should, it probably is not going to do that for you. Right. So you're expecting something dramatic, which I don't think it's in this okay. one. Yeah, uh, distribution businesses—they're usually crappy businesses. Um, there are some exceptions, Dicker Data notably. Yes. Um, wow. But the That's reason that thing is really good is because of super high inventory turn mm. and very efficient cost control. Um, what, the, what, what distribution businesses effectively do is outsource inventory and working capital to their customers. So they have to hold an awful lot of um, working capital and an awful lot of debt. This is a $250 million business that, own, that holds $100 million in, in debt another 80 million in working capital. It's a lot to tie up. This is, and it's low margin, and yeah. to make any money, they need to turn over a lot of inventory. And inventory turn here is minuscule. I, it's no secret why this is not making much money or why the share price isn't, isn't going anywhere. It's because um, it's not a good business. They, I, I don't know why you'd be in this. I, okay. it's, a, it's an avoid the, for me. The only, so, yeah. as I <coughs> yeah. said before, the only positive I see now yep. is that because it's a 230 mil market cap, it's got potential to get into the index. If it gets into the index, you get the index passive money right. buying and you'll get a pop. I don't, I've never heard a worse investment thesis than I, that. I, as I said, that's the only thing yeah. for me right. that's holding up. Okay, Tanya wants mm. a view, Gaurav, on Air New Zealand. They're doing yeah. a capital raise at the moment, offering existing shareholders mm. uh, purchase up to two new shares for every share that they own, mm. offer price of 
53 cents a share, New Zealand, uh, trading at $1.28 uh, or around that way at the time of writing. Uh, should be a no-brainer, but am I missing something? This is According a, this to is, Tanya? This is a very interesting question. I, yeah. think, I think this is, um, this is worth spending a bit of time and intellectual heft on. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't like... Um, you know, I think, I mean, of course, I think Warren Buffett is, is amazing. And of course, um, you know, I read what he writes. But, but I think there are two great disservices he has done to retail investors or investors generally. One is to say he's rule number one, never lose money. The dumbest advice. Yeah. If, if, you, if, you, if that's your rule, good luck making money. You know, <laughs> investing is putting capital at risk. If you're not prepared to lose, you will never win. Yeah. I don't agree with that. And second of all, this thing about airlines... Like this was said 40 years ago, and people still come out and say, mm. he, oh, Warren Buffett says then buy an airline. He bought, but then he buys it. He bought plenty of <laughs> yeah. times, he's bought and sold airlines. <clears throat> yeah. uh, it's, it's taken out, uh, at that time, yeah. the, it was a different industry, and things have changed, and so yeah. has Warren. I mean, yeah. he doesn't change on a lot of things, but in airline <laughs> and insurance, he has changed. Yeah, I, yeah. I think being flexible and open-minded sure. as an investor are, are way better traits than puppeting what someone said half yep. a century ago. Um, we actually, we've got a rule at Intelligent Investor. If we ever get to a consensus, um, you know, we went around the room and who wants to buy an airline stock? We all thought, no, not me. Yeah. So we forced ourselves to go and have a look at airline stocks, um, both in the US and in Australia. And, um, and what we found was that these businesses have profoundly changed. What made them crap decades ago in the US was that you had all these unprofitable um, airline seats um, out there and um, they were dragging returns down from the rest of the sector. This is a better business in the US than it was, which explains our friend Warren um, coming in again. Yeah. And in Australia, Qantas is a legitimately decent business. I think it's an above average business. Anyone who comes and says, oh, Qantas is an airline, don't buy it, I think is just completely misunderstands what that business is. Frequent it owns a program. frequent flyer yes. program. Maybe it's That's a top right. five business in Australia. It, it's program. worth more than the bloody airline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and no, it is. They, own, they operate a super profitable duopoly on um, on international, on, on domestic travel, yep. a super profitable freight business and a contested low quality international business. And that's the only part that's no good. But otherwise, it's a pretty good business. So I think we should approach um, New Zealand Airlines with an open mind. Right. Um, it's a, the, the problem here is that the balance sheet looks downright scary. Yeah. Um, and that's why are, it's doing the raise. And that's why it's doing a raise. As a general rule, if you have a well well-managed business with a bad uh, balance sheet, it pays to follow the cap raise right. and it pays to be in the stock as that balance sheet recovers. I mean, if, if you look at historical numbers here, the business looks very cheap now. Um, I think there's a case certainly for popping money into the, the cap raise. I think you, you probably want to do that. Um, it's very hard though. I can, you know, I can think of easy ways to make money. But I don't think this is necessarily a bad way to make money. So I'm, I'm going to go, yeah, yes, on the cap raise. Okay. But um, I'd probably, to be honest, I'd probably just buy Auckland airports. I, I'd rather have right. my money in that yes. than, than buy this. Right. But you can make money from here, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a no-brainer switch. Mm. Um, but if you had to decide, it, it just comes down to your risk appetite. If you're a high-risk investor, yeah. I think you go for it. I think it's worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. backed by the government, right? So at the end of the day, if it goes pear share, mm. the government come and writes a check. Um, so in context, that's the um, the high risk investment strategy. Now um, these guys, it should be noted, make almost. I think they make slightly higher margins than Qantas. And we just finished yeah. saying, I reckon Qantas is an okay business. Yeah. Yeah. So this is not a crappy yeah, airline. I, I, like, yeah. I think I yeah. think it's like if you're if you're a high risk investor, yeah. 
I think you go for the Capri's. Okay. It's worthwhile. Right. Okay. Uh, and our final stock here from Christy, mm. Nathan Zip. Uh, Christy goes, Zip mm. keeps going lower. Do you think it'll become a takeover target? Well, um, yeah, as, as I was saying before, when growth stocks, you get it wrong. Yeah, yeah we got this one wrong uh, in the context that we got in. We didn't get in at the peak. I mean, that was for us. We, we've had a sell on it for a long time. Uh, it got to $14. And when it got below seven, around $6, it was actually an OK business because I know everyone will jump up and, sh- you know, everyone jumps and shouts now yeah. that, oh, there's a regulatory risk for the God's sake. It wasn't a regulatory risk at $14. It's a regulatory <laughs> risk. That's yeah. just garbage media yeah. play, right? Yeah. Um, $14, it was just insane. Yeah. Um, but they, these things have come off. At the end of the day, the government is not going to regulate something that hurts consumer spending. No. Yes, there was an opportunity. They let it go. It's too late. If you right. think there's financial risk in this, just have a look at banks trading at all-time high multiples with yeah. property prices rolling over. So yeah. where do you think the risk is? The good thing for me is that over the last two to three months, it's starting to flatten out, right? So I think the, de- the main shareholders of all the hot money is left and the stock's probably not going to do anything. Now, in the shorter term, you've got the bond yields going up yeah. and the market's worried, growth stock's under pressure. This thing will go up and down, but I think it'll just hang around here. Now, the trick is once we have that clean out of the growth stocks and people start to price in what the upside is, I think Zip still does well. Um, mm. and, and that's where I still think... In so the, would you have this as a nibble like ordinary? Yeah, I think it's, right? a, it's a nibble. Uh, ah. I mean, we are in it. Uh, we like it. Um, I think it's cheap. So you've been summer. buying into it? Yeah. Uh, okay. For us, this is one where we look at it and say, okay, in, you know, I know everyone hates it. Great. Like, you know, UBS has got a $1 target price. I'm guessing they didn't get the corporate deal. Right. Uh, and so, you know, I, I love it when brokers go there yeah. uh, because they were wrong all the way up and... You know, it's logic suggests right. they'll be wrong the other way too. So in that context, uh, the negative news is okay. priced in. But I think the upside is when the cycle starts to turn, people start to spend, these guys clip the ticket. Okay. It's a global model. And the, the real story in fintech is they're not going to be what it is. They will be consolidated. Yeah. It's like Apple and Square. They okay. will all be consolidated. All right. What do you think? Would you have a... I'm, I'm a I've been in and out of Zip about eight times. <laughs> I originally got it because I bought a startup that I was a seed investor in. Yeah. And I went, oh, you're beauty. Yeah. And then, then I got scared with the whole bug out. I went, no, I got you, out. Would you believe it? At the Christmas party, when we were talking to yes. him. Yes. Yeah. We were talking the founders to him. Yeah. Great. And Paul and Larry. I was telling him, get some option to protect yourself. This right. will right. go down because of the growth stock. <laughs> I hope you did. But they're, yeah. they're great founders. Oh, yeah, great guys. Well great guys. Yeah. What do you think? Look, I've never really understood this business. I missed it all the way on the way up. Um, yeah, this whole sector, I um, missed it all the way on the way up. I just didn't yeah. really get it. And no. I haven't participated I on the way down. <laughs> well, I think this is actually a really important point here, uh, Koshi. I think when, you, when you're buying a stock, it's not good enough to just think, I'm, ho- I'm hoping the price is going to go up. Yeah. You really need a very tight reason why you're a shareholder in, in this company. Yeah. You know, one of the best lines I've ever heard of investing, um, Ken Ilson is one of my investing heroes, and he did a, uh, he, he, he did a speech at, um, at Intelligent Investor years ago, and he said, the market owes you nothing. <laughs> when you buy a stock, what's it got? I can imagine got? saying it. Yeah. It was a grumpy. It is a grumpy, but, uh, yeah. but brilliant. <laughs> grumpy, but brilliant. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, he's always asking, what's it got? What's it got? Yeah. And if you can't answer that question, 
And if you're instead you're sort of reaching for who else is going to buy it, yeah. um, is it going to go in an index, um, is someone going to take it over? If those are the questions you're trying to answer and you can't answer what's it got, yeah. then it's a sell. Uh, okay. Then you shouldn't shouldn't be owning that company regardless of what the share price is doing. You should buy so into this something. So has got something? I can't see it. Um, okay. I'm surprised it hasn't been taken over as well, but that's not an investment case. I think that's not it, a reason to own it. It always gets taken over yeah. when the cycle turns. Right. So at the moment, all growth stocks are getting hammered. Yep. And nobody knows where the bottom is, and everyone's panicking. I mean, you just have to look at all the growth fund managers, right? Yep. They were superheroes 12 months ago. Now they're garbage cleaners. Yep. Uh, they are holding stocks that are just sliding into the nothing. Yeah. We always We were out of all the growth stocks. So we've gradually gone in and Zip's been our one. Right. And so we're gradually adding as things come back. Okay. And you have to, you have to move with the market. And the market is never going to be pure value. It's never going to be pure growth. There'll always be a hybrid. Mm. That's why you need to balance out over okay. time. Fascinating. Been an interesting hour, has it? It's been <laughs> talking to these two. It's fabulous. Um, let's recap the uh, final five stocks. Ordinate, uh, a yes from Gaurav, um, Go in boots and all, a nibble from uh, from Mathan. Uh, so I think that's agreement on ordinate. Uh, Winsome is a no, Paragon's a no. Uh, Air New Zealand, yep, take a look at the capital raise. Uh, well run business, although Gorab would prefer Auckland International Airport if you're going to be in the sector. Uh, zip a no from Gorab and a nibble from Mathan. <laughs> Mathan Sopasadara from Deep Data Analytics. Good to see you, mate. Thank Good you for today, Gorab Saidi from Intelligent Investor. Thanks, Always guys. very interesting discussions, has that? Um, look, if you've got any stocks that you want to uh, put to us with your questions, I love it when you add a question next to your stock as well. And I love it when you direct it to one of our expert panelists as well. Uh, put them in an email to me, the call at ausbiz.com today, or tweet us using the at TV handle. Uh, see all the stocks in the calls portfolio at ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.